Hey, welcome to the Project Church podcast. My name is Caleb Cole. I'm the lead pastor here at Project Church in downtown Sacramento. And we're so glad that you came to hear this word. We believe this is going to encourage you, build you up, and give you life. So get ready to receive a message from God. We're going to open up the scriptures. Um, We're continuing the series of Genesis, talking about God's providence, his provision, and his purpose in our lives. We can know this from the very beginning of scriptures. We can understand his providence, his purpose, and his provision in our lives. Um, But we're talking today about Jacob and him wrestling with God. We heard about Jacob last week, right? Him and Esau were twins, and he pretty much um, bamboozled his, uh, his father into getting Esau's birthright. And now we get to hear where Jacob is about 20 years later. And this is something that I think is really gonna help us as we know and we understand, and I think we've said this a million times from the stage, that you are either going into a storm, in the middle of a storm, or coming out of a storm. And when we understand the way Jacob, how he addressed his fears and his anxieties as he's about to meet up with his brother that he bamboozled and that he kind of, I want to say other words that I cannot say from the stage. So I'm not going to say them, but you know what I'm saying, right? Um, Jacob, he tricked He tricked Esau, and uh, he's about to see him. And so that produces a lot of anxiety in him. And it's, I understand in a room this large, we're experiencing storms all around us. And there's anxieties that you are coming face to face with and fears that you're gonna have to confront. But God has a, a promise that he will encounter you. And if he encounters you, you will never be the same. You will never be the same. And that's what happens with Jacob. So let's read about it here. Genesis 32, 22 through 30. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants. You know what? We'll go back to the two wives in a few weeks or maybe some other time, but we'll carry on. His two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. Somebody say alone. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel saying, it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much that there is a promise that no matter what we experience, when we encounter you, our life will be spared. So I speak over your people today who are experiencing hardships, struggles, challenges, and maybe feeling like they have wrestled long enough and they're about to quit. God, I thank you that you will not leave them the same. You will not let them be the same and that their life will be spared. So Lord, have your way in this room. Have your way through your word. Speak to your people's hearts in your precious name. Amen. Amen. All right, here we go. 
Thank you, Chico. Can you give it up for the pianist? Love it. Love all those who are serving. Don't forget, team night's coming up this Wednesday. See you there. <laughs> but I love this scripture. I love this whole concept of wrestling with God. And I think that there's so many times that we talk about wrestling with God and we think that it's us working really hard and staying in the fight. And then quickly, our perspective on the challenges that we face are based off of what we're doing to stay in the fight. But can I submit to you that there are times that we are experiencing struggles and hardships and challenges, and sometimes the encouragement for you today is not that you need to press through in your own strength, but you have to receive a pressing. You excited about that? So here's what I'm going to do. My promise to you today is that as I encourage you to be pressed and twisted and crushed, perhaps, perhaps, I made up a word, that I'm going to encourage you with a smile on my face because the message isn't going to change. The heart and the hope today is that we would be pressed because good things come out of things that are squeezed. Ooh. You ready? All right, so we're going to talk about pressing through, but this isn't on you. Can I tell you that when we are experiencing hardships, challenges, struggles, making it through is not on you, but the blessing is in the pressing. Let's be pressed today. God loves us so much that he will not let us stay the same. Anybody, can you testify that you are not the same after a challenge or a struggle? Do you remember when COVID happened and it was 2020 and it's like, oh, can we just go back to the way things were? You know, I, I think everybody's familiar with that. And then we all came to the understanding that there's no way anything should ever be the same after this. It wouldn't be wise. We'd be stupid to go backwards, right? And I think that we need to start approaching our hardships with that perspective, we have to understand that God allows struggles in our lives in order for us to change. Not only do we have to change, but we have to change the way we perceive the God who is allowing this. This is an encouragement to you. I promise, I promise this is an encouragement to you to continue to allow God to press you. The thing about uh, wrestling is like, yeah, well, I just pray and then I wrestle with God. You know what? You're not actually only wrestling with God. You're actually also wrestling with your flesh. We, we sometimes try to forget that there's flesh involved. Because when we go through some hardships, we're like, oh, the enemy's after me because I have a great call on my life. Have you ever said this to yourself? I believe you. I believe you that it's true because I've said it about myself at times. Like, oh, the enemy's really coming after me because there's a great plan that I'm supposed to fulfill. And it's true to a degree, but there's uh, something that happens internally where we shift our mindset to us and like, oh, God's going to do something to me. I'm going to be really great soon after this struggle. But God wants to keep our eyes off of ourselves and put our eyes back on him and understand what he is doing and what accomplish he is accomplishing in our lives. What is he accomplishing in our lives? We can't make it about us. We, I mean, and that's honestly what we do. Oh, God's just gonna do something great to, for me, for me. Yeah, but for him too. And sometimes that's gonna require you dying to your flesh. We don't always wanna hear that. God's going to do great things to you, but you also need to die to your flesh. That's the only way we're going to get there. 
So I'm gonna encourage you, continue to be pressed. The flesh, the flesh demands control, but God gives us gentle reminders to surrender. I believe he's giving us another layer of understanding with surrender. There was a word that he gave us last October. It was about surrender. So I believe that God has done things in our midst because we chose to surrender, but he wants to take us another level. We say again, like I was praying earlier, we say, God, you want to do more. God, do more through us. Do more, do more. Sometimes that requires us to go even deeper, maybe pressed or squeezed even harder. Are you encouraged? I'm still smiling. Okay. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Here's what's happening. Jacob, he cheated his, his brother. And after it was done, he got the birthright. His mama, the one who also put him on to this whole plan to cheat his brother, was like, you better get out of here because your brother's going to be so mad. And once your father is no longer on this earth. He is gonna get you. So he said, she said, go. So she, he, excuse me, Jacob goes and he is in relative hiding. And as he's hiding, he has the birthright. He's getting blessed. God's still being faithful to him. His family is growing with multiple wives. And again, we'll teach on that later. But he's, it's growing. His treasures are growing. His inheritance is growing because of the birthright and because God is faithful. God is still faithful to us who do wrong things. So that's the reason why we just need to get over ourselves thinking that we're the ones accomplishing things. We are not earning our blessings. God's just a good God, okay? So we gotta remember that. So here we have Jacob in relative hiding for 20 years, and then he knows, oh man, I'm getting closer to my brother's land. We're gonna, we're gonna come face to face, and when we come face to face with our greatest fears, what do you do? I don't know what you do, but I know what I do. I get very self-sufficient. I say, okay, here's the problem. I'm gonna figure out the problem, and if I can figure out the problem, and I can rely on what I've done in the past, I could probably do that again, and I know how they did it, so this is how I'm gonna apply um, to this problem a solution, and we start relying on our own wisdom, right? And, and this is where the wrestling begins. Sometimes we think the wrestling doesn't begin until we're with God face to face. But we understand here in verse 32, in chapter 32, excuse me, that this whole journey before he meets up with Esau, so I'm going a little backwards from where Caleb was um, last week. I'm going a little backwards before he even meets with Esau. He's wrestling with God, but he's, he's doing everything he needs to do before he prays. Listen to this. He's, he's sending out messengers, verse three. He's splitting up his, his people and he's putting the oxen over there, oxen over there, donkeys, flocks, male servants here, this family over here, this family over here. And then they're, they're sending messages to Esau to prepare the way. And he's like racking his brain, trying to figure out a solution of what he's gonna do to keep everything together before his brother potentially demolishes him or hurts him. Do you hear me? And then... He gets to a place where he starts to finally pray. 
Here's the thing about wrestling with God. We're wrestling with not just God, we're wrestling with our faith. And wrestling, sometimes we think it's just, oh, wrestling is praying. Yes, wrestling looks like praying. That's my first point. But I don't want you to see praying as like the next few points that I have to give to you. I don't want you to see it as like, these are the, the four things to do to get out of your fears. And these are the four things on how you can best wrestle with God. Can I tell you, I don't have a solution for you this morning. Your hope has got to be put in God, not in who is delivering a message here, okay? And I believe that God's presence is so real that he can minister to you and give you specific instruction for your situation, okay? So when we're looking at these points, I want you to understand this isn't the to-do list. I'm gonna show you what Jacob did and it looks like wrestling and it looks like flesh and it looks like spirit man working at the same time. So here's what happens. Wrestling looks like praying. Praying, again, He's still battling his flesh. He's doing everything he can do in his own flesh. He's doing everything he can do in his own wisdom. He can do, he's doing everything he can do in his own self-sufficiency. And we see in verse nine, finally, then after he does all these things, it says, and then Jacob said, he prayed, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord who said to me, return to your country and to your kindred that I may do you good. I am not worthy of the least of all the deeds of steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant. For with only my staff, I crossed this Jordan and now I have become two camps. Please deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him that he may attack me, the mothers, and with the children. But Jacob's really scared right now. Don't let me do that ever again. <laughs> Jacob is really scared. He's scared about what's going to happen to him. So what does he do? He does everything that he needs to do. He splits up his people and he says, let's, let's get to a position to where he doesn't take everything of mine in case he attacks me. He's getting scared. And then he finally prays. And then he decides to do something. But here's what we do in our fears and our anxieties. Sometimes we make prayer our last resort. Jacob had made it his last resort. But can we make prayer our first response? Our response to wrestling with God should be prayer. And if we pray, we need to pray the way he finally ended up praying. And this is what it, again, this is what he does. He puts God back in his rightful place. After he had done everything he thought he knew to do and could do, he began to pray. But he was frantic. Can I tell you he was frantic? Sometimes when we operate without praying to God first, we are frantic stress heads. And we put ourselves through a lot more trouble than just having gone to him and pray. He puts God in his rightful place. He makes God God. And when he's, God is in his rightful place, we recognize that we are no longer God. Because if we're being honest, our flesh is trying to tell us that we are the God we serve. And we are the ones that we need to please in our own timeline. But the most impactful prayers, we understand they're working if what we do after we say amen is God honoring. Here's what I'm trying to say. What do you do after you say amen? Do you trust him? Or do you say, okay, I prayed. Now I'm going to do everything else in my own strength. The key to understanding if our prayers are working and if God is truly using us and we're truly trusting God is if we're willing to wait after we say amen. 
Are you willing to wait for God to come through? I'm not saying this is a free pass to be lazy, okay? Do what God told you to do, but after you've prayed, are you letting things go? Are you releasing things and trusting him? When you pray, you have to put God in his rightful place. And when you put him in his rightful place, you're reminded of his goodness. You're reminded of his good works. You're reminded of his faithfulness. He says it here, I I am not worthy Can we come to God more often in prayer, less with our requests and more with us recognizing who we are and ourselves in our rightful place where it is not on the throne? Can we start praying and saying, I am not worthy of the least of all the deeds of the steadfast love and the faithfulness. God, you have been faithful. Some of you are having anxious times. You're having some stressful times. You don't know what to do next. And I want to implore you, would you thank God in your prayers? Before you're asking him for, for a response, before you're asking him for direction, before you ask him for strategy, can you thank him? Can you thank him? Say, God, you've been faithful. God, I have breath in my lungs that I can even be wrestling with you right now. I have breath in my lungs so I can even utter any praise to you. That is a reason to be grateful. Amen? So he says, I'm not worthy. He puts himself in the rightful place and God takes his throne on his heart again. But then he goes back into his old ways right after he says amen. Look at it in verse 20b. I'm just gonna read it. I don't think it's gonna be on the screen. But he says, okay, so now that I prayed, I'm going to... I wish you could read it all. So he stayed there all night, and then he has 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes, and 20 rams. He has all these animals, and he's instructing people to go meet with, um, meet with his families, put the oxen over here, put the ewes over here, put everything in their place, and now we're gonna send a letter to Esau ahead of us. God didn't tell him to do this. But he's doing this in his own wisdom. After we pray, how often do we go back to our old ways? This is an encouragement not to do that. He says, for, for he thought, I may appease him with the present that goes ahead of me. And afterward, I shall see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. It's, it's futile, futile for us to do things in our own strength and not to operate out of obedience after God tells us what to do in our time of prayer. Do you hear me? So God wants to meet us in our times of prayer, but we don't need to go back to our own way. Can we start putting God in his rightful place? Wrestling looks like praying, but I think you can understand how we should pray after this and what we should do. Can we just be blessed in the waiting? Be blessed in the waiting. Verse 22 the same night he rose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and this, his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. This is a very dangerous thing to be doing at night with your family and also sent his family ahead of him. He put his family in between his enemy and himself. I wouldn't call that wise. Do you think that God would, have, would require you to put others in danger and just self-protect after praying? Probably not. Okay, so here we go. Wrestling looks like praying, but wrestling also looks like receiving. You're like, yes, when I wrestle with God, I'll receive a blessing in Jesus' name. That's what we want. But what I believe when we're actually wrestling God, when we're actually wrestling with our flesh, we have to receive alone time. 
Anybody comfortable with being alone? What about when you're in really high stress times? You're really never alone. You're, you're sometimes alone with your own thoughts, your ruminating thoughts. Anybody else? You're like, yeah, I love to be alone. Other people are like, oh, I need to be with people. I need people to be praying for me. I need people to cover me, blah, blah, blah. And that's true. But sometimes God, when you're wrestling with your flesh and you're wrestling with him, you have to receive alone time. God blesses, I believe, he blesses Jacob with alone time. It says this in verse 24, and Jacob was left alone. Listen, when we're wrestling with God, we've got to get alone and we have to be confronted with who he is and who we really are. Sometimes we busy ourselves and distract ourselves by asking other people into our situation. And then it just gets messy and it just distracts us, and then we listen to other people before we listen to God. I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes. And if you are truly in the middle of a wrestling, if you're in the middle of a wrestling with your flesh and with God, then you've got to get comfortable with being alone. Do you ever do this? I know I've done this. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need, I'm stressed out. I'm gonna call my sisters. I call, I have three sisters. No one's answering. FaceTime, text message, voice call, not answering. And then you finally realize, okay, okay, I'll, I'll go to you. Make prayer your first response. Receive alone time, because when you receive alone time, wrestling looks like receiving because you sometimes have to receive alone time so you can receive time in his presence. We make ourselves present to our stresses. We start admiring our problems more than we admire the one who can bring us the solutions. Get to the place where receiving our alone time so we can receive his presence. And then wrestling, it also looks like persisting. Sometimes people are like, oh yeah, persist. Never give up. Keep going. And I'm sorry, that is not the message of today. I am not going to tell you to keep fighting, keep wrestling. And it's, it's, it's a good message. It's a good message. I'm not saying to not fight for your marriage. I'm not saying to not fight for your relationship. I'm not, I'm not saying to not fight in that way. But there's a wrestling that's happening deeper than some of you know how to address. And to me, that's like persist by allowing God to continue to meet you with his presence. Persist by staying in his presence. Don't persist by go find, going to find other solutions. Don't persist to see that that person has the answer. Persist him and only him. Do you hear me? Oh, man. I, I'm, I'm praying that God would give you a revelation that these are double meanings. Pray, but don't pray. <laughs> don't pray, but pray first. Receive, but receive alone time. Receive, but don't expect a blessing. Persist, but don't rely on yourself. Do you hear what, what is happening? This is what wrestling looks like. It's not cut and dry. It's not simple. It's way more complicated, but God is going to speak to us. So persisting, it looks like persisting. This is what wrestling looks like. Verse 25, when the man saw, excuse me, back to 24, Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Whew. He was just in the wrestling and he kept fighting. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket. Just a really quick note. Some people are like, oh, so was this God? And what, wait, if this is God, was Jacob beating God? No, he wasn't. We will, can I tell you right now, you are never going to win against God when you're wrestling with him, okay? 
Like, it, it's, it's really laughable if we are to read this and like, oh, Jacob was winning. No, he wasn't. When the man saw that he did not prevail, when he recognized that he hadn't weakened Jacob enough to quit, that's what it was. When he realized that Jacob was going to keep on going, he touched his hip socket. If you were able to still touch the man's hip socket, you are not losing. You're completely aware. God was completely aware of what was happening here. So he touched his hip socket. And this hip socket is an area that is, is um, protecting one of our biggest, greatest, bigger bones. And Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. So God recognized that he wasn't quitting, so he was weakened. So he gave him a little to his hip. Let me go, for the day has broken is what God said. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Here's what happens, and here's why I do think that we do need to persist to a certain degree. Persist so that we can finally realize what is happening. Who is this random man that I am fighting? And he's starting to realize, oh wait, this man perhaps could be somebody that is going to bless me. Perhaps this isn't just a man sent from Esau's camp to come like, kill me before he could kill me himself. Perhaps this is actually the God of the universe, right? Who's coming to meet with me. The more we persist, the greater there is an opportunity for us to be awakened to what is actually happening in the wrestling. Do you hear me? So there's a lot of things that are happening in the situations that you're facing. And if you continue to persist in prayer, and as you continue to submit things over to God, as you persist in wrestling and not quitting the fights, even after you're injured, even after a little bit of pain, some people think that God's plan is to, or, or God, the enemy's plan is to pain you. No, he just wants to distance you from your savior. He wants to distance you from God, but Jacob, he persists and he stays close. When you're wrestling with somebody, when you're persisting with somebody, you're starting to see things in other angles. When my kids wrestle Caleb, they're like, they can feel his, his, his mustache or his beard and all the, what is it called? The scruff, the scruff against them. They feel him differently. They feel his muscles differently. And when he's in a chokehold, when Canaan's in a chokehold, he sees Caleb and the top of his nose. And you see like how his, okay. I won't talk about my husband's nose, but you see things all in a different way. The more persistent you are in your wrestling, the more you will experience an awakening. Wrestling looks like an awakening. You start to see your problem in different ways. And I believe that God wrestles us, wrestles out of us our perspective so that we can have his perspective. We have to have a coming to moments with God and an awakening happens the more we wrestle with him and it, this is what happens and he said you know you see Jacob kind of coming too he's like this isn't just a random man oh wait this is maybe an angel that can bless me we don't know exactly what's going on in Jacob's mind but this is what some of the theologians have surmised that Jacob is coming to here he's starting to awaken to who he's actually fighting then he said you're oh he said and he said to him what is your name and he said, Jacob, 
This is after Jacob asks for a blessing. He's starting to realize that this figure, this man could actually help me. And so God says to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob said to him, please tell me your name. Do you ever do that when you're like, I think that's you. Is that you? Is and that's what's happening. He's awakening to the fact that this is God. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? This is what God says. And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. God didn't even have to say his name. He knew that once he received a blessing, Jacob received a blessing, he knew I came face to face with God. There's an awakening that has to happen in the middle of your struggle. And the awakening has to be an understanding that his presence is greater than the outcome that you're hoping for. Their presence of God coming face to face, having an encounter with God without everything being tidied up in a bow and the situation all better for all parties. No, that's not the goal. The goal is the presence. The goal is that you would be close to God. The goal that is in the wrestling that you would come nearer to God, nearer to his perspective, nearer to what he can do and his way, which is higher than your way. This is what happens in the wrestling. The face of God. Jacob realized, I came face to face with God. I think some of us in our struggle are waiting to just get out of it. And I'm wrestling until I get my way. Ooh, you better put that flesh down. Put him out and submit to the one who's wrestling with you, trying to get you to gently surrender. This message is really a message of surrender. Wrestling looks like praying. Wrestling looks like receiving. Wrestling looks like persisting. Wrestling looks like an awakening. Not just awakening yourself to who God is, but we have to be confronted with who we really are. Some of us are not willing to accept that we are weak. Some of us are not willing to accept that we have to trust something outside of our own self or outside of the person that we've trusted more. I had a situation that happened really with Caleb and I. If you're here for the first time, I have a husband. He and I lead this church together. His name is Caleb. He's preaching in uh, Arizona today for a friend's church. So pray for him that he has a safe flight back. And so he can help me with our three kids. Great. Um, no, he's great. He does it a lot with me. Okay, anyway. So I realized there came a moment where... Um, we were fighting kind of a lot, <laughs> and we were just having some disagreements. I know, you think pastors never fight and have a perfect marriage. No. Um, so we, we were fighting, and then there was a, some moments where, honestly, he just disappointed me. I was just like, I need you to connect differently. Emotionally, I need you more available. I need, I need all these things, and I realize that I'm getting so disappointed over and over and over again. And I realized, oh my gosh, if he would just change, this would be so much better. No, but that's not where I'm going, Derek. Okay. <laughs> and I realized I can only change myself. Sheesh. Sheesh, yeah. And I had to recognize that I was not it. But you know what else I had to recognize? I was relying on the perfection of my husband to keep our marriage together. Yeah. 
If he could just be perfect, then this would be better. And how quickly I put my husband on the throne of my heart and then the throne of my marriage. Our marriage will be together because he's a great guy. He's perfect. I can mess up. He has a lot of grace for me. But he just needs to be perfect. Some of us have put misplaced hope in people that we have relationship with. And you have to take responsibility for that. I have to take responsibility for that. I had to recognize that I cannot do this with myself or my husband or my mentor or my therapist on the throne of my heart. God wants to meet you and awaken you to your desperate need of him and him alone. Him and him alone, an awakening. You come face to face with God. And when you understand who created you, you understand who you actually are. When you understand how great he is, you understand how great you need him. Let's get to the place where we are awakened to who God is. So wrestling, it looks like praying. Wrestling, it looks like receiving. Wrestling, it looks like persisting. Wrestling, it looks like awakening, not just to the face of God, but to who we actually are. And wrestling looks like awakening. Are you encouraged? Get weak. Get weak. Oh, this has been such a, such a few years journey for me, who is such an achiever because I'm Asian. Sorry. <laughs> if you're offended by that, it's, the longer you're here, you're going to hear it more often. Okay. It's been such a breaking down of who I am these last few years as I was approaching 40, as we were approaching 10 years of our church. It was like, oh my gosh, God loves me so much that he's not going to let me depend on myself any longer. And he loves you so much that he wants to take the responsibility of fixing things from you. Take responsibility for yourselves and the mistakes you've made. Own who you are, but let him fix you. You're never going to be able to fix yourself. So I just want you to say, I just want to say, I don't have five steps for you on how to have a great relationship with God. <laughs> I just don't have it. And as your pastor, and Caleb would echo this, as our, your pastors, we don't have the best solution for you tidied up in five steps every Sunday that we get here. You have to come face to face with who God is. You have to come face to face with the fact that you are weak. And so are your pastors. And when we can get to a place where we are weakened, we can get to the place of transformation. You see, God, he messed up Jacob's hip, but it was also for him to remember this moment, the moment that you were changed so you could never be the same, so you wouldn't operate in your own strength, but that you would move forward with a limp. It's okay that we're imperfect. It's okay that that situation really took us out. It's okay that that relationship that ended really hurt us. It's okay that that thing that happened in your childhood happened because it was supposed to change you. It was supposed to change you. God loves you so much that he is revealing to you right now that there is a purpose behind it and it's for you to not rely on yourself. A.W. Tozer, he says, the Lord cannot fully bless a man until he has first conquered him. I think some of us need God 
to conquer our flesh. Remember I said it wasn't just on you, but if you continue to persist in his presence, he will conquer you. And then there's room. You're free. Oh my gosh, you're free. You're free from the trap of trying to do things on your own. You're free from the trap of trying to do things on your own, which is always going to fail. You're free from doing things the way that other people want you to do them. You're free to do things the way that God is saying, this is the best way. This is the best way. This is gonna provide healing. This is gonna provide an abundance of joy. This is gonna provide an abundance of healing. This is gonna be the best. So my message for you today is get weak. Press on by being pressed. Keep wrestling. Wrestle with God. Wrestle with your flesh and allow him to conquer you. It's so backwards, isn't it? In our culture, in American human nature, not just American, human nature, it's on us all the time. But God is saying, I wanna give you life and freedom. And there's freedom in not figuring things out on your own. There's freedom in being weak. And that's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, nine through 10, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We want the power of Christ to rest on us. When his power rests on us, it causes us to be still. Some of us need to be still. Stop trying to figure it out. Stop spinning your wheels. Stop running from there to here to there and everywhere. Be still and let the power of Christ rest upon you. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then he is strong. When we are weak, he is strong. Life is better when God is in control. Put him back on the throne of your heart. Put him back on the throne of your life. Make him the Lord of your life. Some of you have to dethrone yourselves in this place. The same way I had to dethrone myself. The same way I had to dethrone my husband whom I love. But I will disappoint myself. He will disappoint me. The people around me will disappoint me. But God, I boast in you. I am weak. Come on, somebody in this place, would you respond to him? I don't know what he's stirring in you, but I think that he's wanting you to respond. Even right now, you can close your eyes as the keys are playing. But God, we wanna to respond to you right now. I don't know what he's telling you to do. You may need to stand. You may need to kneel. You may need to just go repent to somebody in this room. I don't know what it is. But God wants to remind you that you are weak without him. So God, I just pray over the people today that there would be this understanding and revelation of how good you are, that you've revealed to them, you've convicted their hearts, you've shown them who you are, that you are faithful, that you are good, that you are strong. And they don't have to rely on themselves anymore. We don't have to rely on ourselves anymore. So right now we just boast in our weakness. I lift my hands to you right now. My head is lifted high because I know that if I keep my eyes on you, I will be reminded of your greatness and my weakness. So Jesus, in your presence, in your presence, change us.
Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church Podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.